All right, Sarah, you've been in Kona for a week now, and I understand you're a little sleep deprived. <laughs> I am a little sleep deprived. And before we start here, I want to apologize to our audience for the times when invariably I'm going to like lose my words or have a brain fart or just sound generally a little bit fatigued. But I do want to be here with you doing the podcast. <laughs> you so. want to be here with me? I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> So I understand we had a couple of follow-up comments about our rules of training etiquette, locker room etiquette. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, well, a number of people pointed out to me that running against traffic is literally the law in many states. And if even in places it's not the law, it's written into the vehicle code as like recommended language, which I still find bizarre. I got to tell you, I think that's one of those things like doesn't need to be a law. <laughs> like really guys. I also find it super weird, obviously still because also written into the law is that bikes go with traffic. So I don't understand. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's situational, right? Too, so yeah. I can think of, I can think of some situations where I'd rather be running into traffic. I just would feel safe. Yeah. It just way. depends. But like to your point. Yeah. Like last week, I think there are also like, I think being here in Kona and watching what goes on on a Leahy drive, like if everyone went the same way all the time, it would totally make sense just because there's so much traffic all in the same place. For sure. We also got some questions of like that we didn't address, specifically peeing Ooh, okay. in the pool. What is the guidelines around peeing in the pool, Sarah? Do you pee in the pool? I have to tell you, actually. No, but oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I have to tell you, I never, ever, ever pee in the pool. I knew that like, like swimmer, swimmer people did, but I was like, that's gross. That's weird. Until I was in Hawaii, until I was in Kona for a month. And I was swimming so frequently and drinking so much Gatorade because I was so hot and it was so humid that I was like, I can't right. be getting out of the pool like twice in one workout. Like, this is ridiculous. And I just started, that was, that was when I started peeing in the pool. And now I'm just like, oh, fuck it. Kona made the change for you. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm also aware that like swimmers who grow up swimming frequently pee in the pool. I don't like, I don't have anything like, I don't have a rule that I won't. Like I have peed in the pool. But what I do, I mean, I don't know why more people don't do this, but I literally like force myself to pee before I get in. And then I never have issues. That's a, that's a fair point. Fair point. I think it's the swallowing the water or something that then makes you need to pee. <laughs> then you're like, oh, this is, this is gross. I do who make an app. You should like update your swimming files <laughs> if you're swallowing so much water that you have to pee. <laughs> I mean, figure out how to swim, I think swim, it's like people. a mental thing. It's not the open ocean. <laughs> It's not like waves lapping into your mouth. <laughs> I, uh, I do try to not pee when it's like small, like the only in like large Olympic size competitive pools that are well chlorinated, right? Like only in large bodies of water. Right. Okay. Good to know. There's like, you even have like etiquette rules for which <laughs> pools you can pee in. I right. love it. Yeah. We had some people have thoughts about locker room etiquette, obviously. Yes, we did. And so uh, coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Kelly's mom on locker room etiquette. We're getting some updates from Kona. Do we need more hobbies just in general and the challenge of doing Iron Man at certain times of the month? Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code RIDING at Ask Kicker Inc., Inc. with a K, 
Com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at CraveJerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. So Kelly, your mom thankfully had something to say about locker room etiquette so let's hear from her well my number one locker room rule is do not talk to me i mean i'm a chatty person i will talk to just about anybody just about any time but not in the locker room man why are you talking to me go put some clothes on I feel like everyone's locker room etiquette basically comes down to like don't be a weirdo when you don't have clothes on like end of discussion it's true. It's so true. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of people. And everyone's definition of weirdo is different. I have a friend who swears that she's met some of her best friends while naked in a change room. So I don't know. I, I don't know. That's her normal. <laughs> You're like, at least they pretend they're her best friend because we're all naked and like, holy shit, I'm not gonna be like, get away from me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Exactly. So you're in Kona right now and you are giving us a behind the scenes look. Like last week, I feel like you you were telling us how you were sensing people's vibes from their yeah. interviews. So do you have any updates yeah. for us on this? What is the behind the scenes view into the race? Okay. I did tell you I was going to update you on Heather Jackson mm -hmm. because we had our interview with her. Now it was on, I believe it was on Saturday that we interviewed her. So that's still a full week out from the race. So I think if people are going to freak out, like there's still time to freak out Okay, good, good. <laughs> in a week, just like this isn't the be all and end all opinion on Heather Jackson in case anyone thought that. No, I, she seemed, she actually seemed really relaxed and she had, I think, she said that last year she had a bit of a perspective shift because she had come third in 2016. And once you're on the podium, it's kind of like there's only two spots up from there. Right. Um, and then last year during the race, she had to kind of adjust, you know, and, and after adjust to this situation where she had a good race and came forth. So I think actually having gone through that mentally, I think that probably puts her in a really good place to do really well on Saturday. Okay. And what have been your favorite? I mean, you guys have interviewed basically everyone, as far as I can tell, who is in Kona. What have been your favorite so far that people should go and watch? Okay. So I think, oh, Meredith Kessler. I interviewed Meredith Kessler yesterday. We went out to her accommodation near Waikoloa, which is a little bit out of town. And we had baby Mac on and she was like, she was just so gracious. I always love talking to Meredith. She had some good things to say about performance and the things that she learned, like even this year, like as a 40 year old who's won 11 Ironmans, who's been here in Kona so many times, she's still, she still had some things that she learned from Mont Tremblant. Mont Tremblant. From Mont Tremblant. <laughs> um, <laughs> that she, you know, so she's still learning basically about Ironman. So I, I thought that was really good. Uh, Lucy Charles also was like, you know, I was looking for the, the relaxed vibe as you mm -hmm. know. Right. So Lucy Charles is in, 
a really tough situation because yes. like she kind of came out of nowhere in the second place. Right. And as we know from math, that there's only one spot up from that. We also um, know from math that that one spot is going to be quite tough to get. Right. right. Tr- quite tough to climb that next rung. And she like we ta- we asked her about it and she said that like as expected, like everything changed for her. Like last year oh, she yeah. came in, she was not very well known. We interviewed her at the pool last year as well. Um, and there was almost no pressure. And then she came second in Kona and her whole life changed and, and all eyes are on her, but despite, and she's, tw- and she's, I think she's, 25. she's 25 now. Yeah. Yeah. She's young. So normally I would say that that is a recipe for disaster in Kona. Like I right. would say, I would definitely like not be betting on someone in that situation. But I think with Lucy, she seems to have, she seems to have it together. Oh yeah, no. I talked to her a week ago because we're doing a story about her for ESPN, and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's really funny because she was her goal last year was tenth. So even when she was in second, she said she was like, "This is brilliant. I can walk, and I'll be in top 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. but she said it does take like an hour now to walk from like a, their hotel like to transition because there's so many people, and this is crazy. They literally just brought in her fiance's dad to like manage her oh, because it's gotten yeah. so crazy. Like yeah, and I think, yeah, and if it was anyone else, I honestly, I'd be like, not, nah, not this year. It's going to skip a year and then she'll come back next year to a good result. But with Lucy, I'm not going to say that. Like, I think I'm going to say she seemed like she might pull it out. And, it, and as you say, like, it's going to be hard. To, like, this is going to be a hard race to win. It's going to be hard to beat Daniela. But I think that she has a good enough mindset that she can pull out a good result. So her Instagram is also one of the few her and Holly Lawrence are like the two triathlete Instagrams my husband follows. And so he's been like, she looks fit. <laughs> like, okay, good to know. Glad. Thanks for the insight. <laughs> well, that's a, it's like, that's an interesting point. Like, cause what, what we perceive as looking fit right, right. often, but means like too lost skinny. A bit of weight. Yeah. That's the other question yeah. at iron at going into Kona when you're like, that person looks really fit. You're like, Ooh, that could be tough being there on the ground though in Kona Mm -hmm. is it like a different vibe than I haven't I was there two years ago and I was a little bit like holy shit I don't know how many more years this thing has got before it just becomes too big for itself because that town is tiny you like literally we get in traffic jams going to like two blocks I like had my car vandalized by a local like because I parked it at like the public beach and that was their special public beach right like I just was like this feels like like Rome in its dying days is what this feels like. It feels like past peak. Not to, not to give an exaggerated right. analogy. Well, in all fairness, but, San Francisco feels like that right now too. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's probably true. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely. Anyone who listened to the Iron Women podcast yesterday will know that like we were, we were literally stuck in a traffic jam and we had less than a couple hours before we had to be at a party in the evening. and. We couldn't figure out how we were going to finish recording Iron Women. So Ashley and I literally pulled into a parking lot and recorded the podcast straight into straight into GarageBand here on on my computer while waiting for the traffic to clear up. <laughs> and then we got back in the car and drove home, which turned out to be a very good use of our time. But yeah, like to your point, like I just realized we were going to sit for an hour just to get like half a block. Um, I also, so it does where are you guys busier. staying? Yeah, it's where are you guys? Because the other thing is everybody on their Instagram posts always seems like they're staying in these like super secret special places that I can't figure out where they are. Like where are all these amazing, wonderful, cheap oceanfront villas that everyone's in? Well, 
I can tell you because I've gone to all of them to interview the pros. <laughs> so we and I, I now know all the complexes. Like you know, they're numbered like right. A one, A one hundred one. They're like all really complicated. And Ashley and I have like driven around all the parking lots trying to find the visitor parking. So like up and down Alihi, there's all these like access to like these condo. Yes, I stayed in like, one of those complexes. condos. Yes. Yeah, that's where I'm staying too. Um, and I don't think that the oceanfront ones are super cheap. <laughs> I- <laughs> Yeah, so they I think it's like just up and down Alihi. And we're staying at mile one, about mile one and a half. I've been sold now. Here, insider tip, hashtag pro tip. I think that like a lot of people do stay out of town at like Waikoloa or Hanalei, whatever. The bay over there, the Four Seasons, that's like farther out on the bike course. Seems like the way to go. Mauna Lea. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, like, like in my head, it like I know what it looks like, but I don't know how you say these things. So. Mauna Lanai. Yeah, maybe? something like Mauna that. I, when I was racing, I used to love staying out there. I, I love staying in Waikoloa. As a media person last year, because we booked it all like last minute, I, I ended up staying in Waikoloa. And that was too far for us to drive in and out right. every day. And then we were in town all day schlepping around. We had, we had nowhere to go rest. So I definitely needed to be in town this year. So if people... Okay, the, this will air on Friday. Race is tomorrow, Saturday. Iron Man mm-hmm. is doing like pretty insane coverage tomorrow. I thought this was pretty funny. They're starting at 10 a.m. East Coast time. So like 4 a.m. Hawaii time with a red carpet body marking show, which I hosted by Paula, newbie Frazier, which I think is just like okay. amazing. So they're going to be doing okay. 20 hours of coverage. If you just wow. want to watch like all day, if you want to watch people being body all marked. day okay. uh, and you guys, so you guys are going to be where like, well, how can people watch? The Iron Women coverage. Okay, so you can watch the Iron Women coverage on our Iron Women Facebook page. And Ashley and I, we're actually having a team meeting about this oh, today. Because I think like we're taking a new approach because usually by the time we get to the live coverage, we're pretty burnt out from like all the days of interviews. So we're going to take a rest day on Friday. Nice, nice. So that so you can like Saturday, taper. So it's Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're tapering into the race. Yeah. And so we're going to do a couple different things. Like we're going to go out onto the bike course and pick like a place where, and the difference with us is that we'll literally park like at the side of the road and we, you'll be able to watch certainly with us, all the pro women come through like one spot and you'll be able to see like the look on their face as they're like biking or running past us. Right. As opposed to like the main camera will follow mostly Daniela, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, your Iron Man Now camera, while it's out there, just boom on Daniela for like two thirds of the course. <laughs> for eight <laughs> hours, you get to watch Daniela. Yeah, that's right. We also like we're just putting together our prizes that we're going to give away on race day. And so we'll be doing that on the live and we'll like be engaging. So that's the other thing is like people can talk to us. And because obviously there's like no- nowhere near as many people in the room right. <laughs> as there are on the Iron Man Now, like we'll like we'll talk to you guys. We'll go where you want us to go. We'll, you know, we'll respond to your questions of what's happening on the ground. So that's another advantage to watching us. Also, Ashley and I are funny. Oh, really? Okay. I think you're suggesting that the Ironman now people are not funny and I find some of it hilarious. So (laughs) yeah, to be fair, Mike Lovato is pretty funny, but I think they're also a little constrained in what they can say. What? And we are not. No. I understand people should also listen to yesterday's Iron Women podcast or the one that came out Thursday uh, because Haley really talked about what it was like, what it's like leading the race and racing at Kona. 
Yeah, I thought it was a really cool episode. Ashley and I recorded one segment and Alyssa and Haley recorded with Emily Cox, who does the triathlon preview show. Um, So basically between the five voices, I think we got a really good overview of what to expect in the race. Um, And yeah, the most interesting part for me was hearing from Haley firsthand, like what it's like to be out of the water. Last year, she was out of the water in third place. She was riding on the Queen K. She was riding eventually like Sarah Crowley, Daniela caught up to her, Meredith Kessler, and they're riding together. Um, And just hearing that experience from her firsthand of what that's like, I thought that was like really cool and valuable. And I loved listening to it. So you guys go and listen to Iron Women, the the one that came out yesterday. Okay. Okay, cool. So... We're going to all things, all things Kona this week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Something I do find funny, okay, mm-hmm. is trying to explain the age group concept of Kona to like other people who don't know anything about triathlon. Because when you try it, so you're like, oh, it's like a hobby. It's pe- something people do for fun. And then you're like, no, no, it's not. Right? Like it's an all encompassing, all consuming lifestyle that you spend thousands and thousands of dollars on. Totally. Because I was reading that New York Times op-ed, which I posted in the newsletter, which was really good about how we need hobbies, right? Like, Amer- like Americans, not like you and me, we, but like the you, like the world, the country, North America. Culturally. Culturally, culturally we need. We yeah. need hobbies. And at first I was like, what? Like we have hobbies. We all do triathlon. And then his whole point was that all these things that we call hobbies now, we are taken to such an extreme level. Like we're so in pursuit of excellence that they don't really fill this like leisure void anymore. They're like, I must run this marathon faster. I must qualify to Kona. Like we take it to like a work level, right? It becomes even for the amateurs, especially for the amateurs at Kona, is not really like, a hobby. It's like a second part-time job. Well, you know, what's funny is yesterday, Ashley put a poll on our, on our Iron Women Insta story. Who's more intense in Kona, the age groupers or the pros? Oh, the age groupers. And yeah. 71% <laughs> voted for the, and we, a lot of people voted, like hundreds of people <laughs> were like voting for the age groupers. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And to your point, right. That like, have we lost this sense of like, I, I associate it with like, you know, Britain a hundred years ago and people would do things like just for the joy, the pleasure of doing a thing, doing a thing. (laughs) Right. And we've definitely like culturally come to this place where like, I mean, it, it starts like that. You know, you might start by doing your first 5k, right? But like before you know it, you're into like counting how many marathons you've done, trying to get faster at it, like in triathlon, trying to get to Kona. And there's nothing wrong with the pursuit of excellence, but but it may be like a problem culturally. Like we literally don't have leisure time anymore. Right. Yeah. Has something you have, been lost there? Yeah. Do you have hobbies? I, I'm, I was thinking about that because I, I enjoyed that this opinion piece that you shared too. So guys, if you haven't read it, go read it. Um, but I was thinking, I, I think like CrossFit might actually be a hobby for me. You're not going to become a professional CrossFitter. I, believe it or not. I am not. And like when I'm there, I do like care about my performance and getting better, but because also partially because I come from like performance sport background, like I recognize literally the vast amount of gap space between where I'm at and like the best in the world. So it's like, I can try to be better for myself, which I think still encompasses a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, still like, Oh, this is fun. That's cool. Yeah. But it's like fun is like by and large, like the number one reason that I'm there and continues to be. And so even when I'm there, even on days when I don't feel like hurting, like, fun trumps 
hurting. Like I don't just hurt for the sake of it. I'm like, I don't feel like hurting today. Okay. I won't. This is what I, so I've gone, you know, I've gone on and off with like serious training over the years and people from the outside in like don't always recognize the difference. But I, to me, Mm -hmm. it's like total lifestyle training. Cause I'll be like, I'm going to stand up paddleboard today. I think I'm going to like walk up this mountain and then like run and get my car. Right. Like whatever. It's like random shit. And, Mm -hmm. and then it does feel very much like a hobby when you're just like, Oh, whatever. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. Yeah. So do you have hobbies? Well, I don't know. That's why I was like, I was like, well, I read a lot, right? I read a lot. That's a hobby. And then you're like, I triathlon a lot. <laughs> I was like, and then I spent a lot of time looking for my cats, but that's like, I don't know. That, that's like a whole that's other a hobby. saga. Also, whole other triathlon's saga. not a hobby for you. No, you can't I be know. like in the pro race. And, uh, yeah. And be like, count. oh, I'm casual about this. I do hate that when people are like, oh, I'm casual. And then they like win a race and you're like, oh, cool. Whatever. Yeah. No, if you're trying, you have to own it. Like if you're trying to win the race, it's not a hobby and own it for sure. Um, I was thinking about this because like I read too. I think that's definitely a hobby. I do some photography sometimes. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, guys, get hobbies. Let's not just all spend our time like dicking around. Like it's what we mostly do. Let's be real. It's like dick around on our phones and like click on things on Facebook, right? Like that's how we mostly spend our leisure time when we're not working or triathloning. So Instagram is not a hobby. Instagram is not a hobby. (laughs) It's a pastime. Awesome. Okay. So after the break, uh, stay with us because Kelly and I are going to talk about how to handle Iron Man when you have your period. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at asskickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, crave with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. All right, so I got a question today from someone who would like to remain anonymous about what do you do when you get your period in Ironman? Like she understands like, you know, how you would handle it for an Olympic or a half, like four hours. But when we're talking nine, 10 hours how do you deal with that? That's like a different ballpark. So the question literally is like, how do you make sure you don't bleed all over the place? Right. Which I guess you could just bleed all over the place. Like literally the first triathlon I ever did, like I had only had a bike for two weeks and I was like, I'm just going to do this triathlon. There was a woman in front of me. And I remember this distinctly wearing a swimsuit and blood was just like streaming down her legs from her swimsuit. And I was like, holy shit, triathletes are insane. That was my first triathlon experience. Do you remember a swim run? When I had, I, it was like the first day of my period when I did swim run. <laughs> you were like freaking out. And, <laughs> and, and I thought I was a bit worried because, you know, like when you swim, we swam 8K that day. Yeah. So yeah. And swimming, tampons um, don't work so good as long when you're swimming. When you're swimming. Yeah. yeah, it's true. So I was a bit worried. And then you made that comment about how, like, literally, if I was bleeding in the ocean and sharks. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, okay, well. It's like, but you saved that great comment till after the race. We were safe, (laughs) safely on shore. (laughs) So, I mean, obviously, the answer would be that some people like 
tampon it and they like put them in their special needs and you just change and it's like fine it's not a big deal it'd be like just like changing throughout the day or some people can make one last uh i've heard i'm not gonna name names but i've heard some pretty ridiculous stories about like oh man like it wasn't it's like when you get like way too graphic. I don't know what like the tampon wasn't sitting right. You know, when it like doesn't go all the way up in and yeah. it's not comfortable on your bike. And one of my friends definitely said she like reached out in her bike shorts with her hand and like pulled it out in the middle of the Ironman and like threw it like in a. Sure. Yeah. I, I've, sure. I think a few people have done that. I mean, I've heard that story before too. Like if the, if you got to get it out, you got to get I've it out. I also heard people just like shoving them up in there. Like. Just like randomly. Randomly, yeah. Well, because they yeah. needed to, not random, but you know. So those are <laughs> options. The one, I mean, honestly, though, like what I go with is the like just back your birth control up back against each other, even though I know that's very not in vogue these days. And then I just like, I just haven't had this problem come up, really. Yeah, I think, okay, I think that it, it's in the same category as like other things doing or not doing in public like so right so like there are pros who will like literally like crap their pants right. to win the race right now if you're winning the race like there's a good reason maybe to just do that kind of thing on the fly right if you're in 632 yeah. <laughs> second place then like you might want to stop at the porta potty and so i think that kind of stuff applies here too like if for me for example like if i'm out of the prize money in a race that might change how i how like whether or not even with peeing like whether or not i like stop at the porta potty and pee comfortably right versus just like pissing myself somewhere even um, if it's if it's not necessary i don't want to have to do it and i think changing your tampons in that same category even some of the top i mean almost all the top pro women i see at race like every race somebody like runs into a porta potty and comes back it's like 45 seconds it's like not a big deal it's rare that an iron man comes down to 45 seconds it's pretty pretty rare that's true. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes I've been in situations where like sometimes you're so out of it, you don't really know what's going on. Well, there's that. Um, so you can, those are different. That's different. But yeah, I, I think like there's nothing wrong with like have a couple tampons in your special needs. Yeah. Or not your spe- well, your special needs and your transition bag. Yep. And then have it when you need it. Shove it in your pocket because most of your tri-suits have pockets. There's porta-potties. Yeah. I think, that, that I think that's definitely managed. the way to go. I mean, I think that's mostly what people do. You just manage it like you manage everything else, right? Like eating, yeah. peeing. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. There's our solution. Cool. Well, great advice from us today. <laughs> okay, folks, before we go, I just want to say watch the Iron Women Iron Women live coverage, which is on our Iron Women Facebook page. We have almost 30 interviews with pro women. We have some really inspiring age group stories on there. I interviewed Julie Moss, the 1982 crawler, we've been calling her, as well yesterday. So watch those. And also live on race day. If you get a little bored with the Iron Man Now coverage, come on over to us. We'll be doing weird stuff out on the course and, <laughs> and talking and talking shit. So there you go.